0: The wind was not the beginning, there are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time, but it was.
1: of The Wind Was a Beginning. My name's Michelle, and tonight I'm joined by Justin. Hello there. And Steven. Hey, folks. So today we actually have a very special episode for you all. As you know, I'm actually a beginner to the Wheel of Time series, and Justin is a bit of an intermediary in that he has not actually finished the entire series. And naturally, we have so many questions about what we've read so far in um, Eye of the World. Lucky for us, we actually have a resident guru here, Steven, in that he's read this series so many times. How many times have you read this series, Steven?
2: Uh, This first book, over 10 times.
1: So that's what we're going to call it, 10 times and counting.
2: So lucky (laughs) for
1: us, (laughs) 10 times and counting. So lucky for us, uh, we will be asking Steven questions and he'll be answering for all of us. And I hope that you all will enjoy this episode.
2: So, folks, before we dive in, just want to let you know that uh, there are a possibility of some spoilers. Shouldn't be anything big plot revelations or anything like that. But we are going to be talking about some information that you might not necessarily get from this first book or until later on in the book. So if you want to avoid all chance of spoilers, then go ahead and just skip this episode. We'll be here next week. uh, Back to a normal episode for you guys when we kick off season two. Uh, This is just something special we wanted to do, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. And listeners, let us
0: just say one thing about the way this episode was put together. So we didn't just sit down and record this all at once. We've actually taken some time throughout the season, recorded little bits and pieces. So one thing you might notice is that the audio quality could change between one question and another. And that's just because we were still trying to figure things out. So uh, it might sound better at points. It might not sound as good at some others. So we just want you to be aware of that. We're going to do the best we can to make it sound good, but it could be, you know, a little different here and there. But other than that, we think that uh, we've got some good stuff here. I know that I really enjoyed getting the answers to this questions. I'm pretty sure Michelle did as well. Uh, so we think you're going to enjoy it too. If you, if you stick around with us. So with, with, with no further ado, we'll go ahead and dive into the first question.
1: Uh, Hey Steven, what do you think about those two quotes in the beginning? Uh, it kind of gives you, for me, it kind of gave me that, uh, X-Men days of futures past kind of feel. Uh, what's your take on it?
2: Uh, so I actually love both these little quotes. Um, because it, it brings so much in uh, through the wording of it. Uh, Justin, you know, talked about how it almost seems like apocalyptic uh, end of days kind of talk. It, and it almost, especially the first one, it almost reads very biblically, almost like uh, doom, gloom, the end of the world. Uh, and then you bring you flip it around and you bring it in that a lot of times prophecies are seen as these foretellings, whereas this is the opposite. This is somebody from the supposed future who's looking back and saying these things. Um, But at the same time, it's also a true prophecy because of how the wheel works. So the, the world that Robert Jordan set up it, everything is cyclical. So there are seven ages to the wheel of time. Uh, Think of it like a wheel that has seven spokes. Each age is a spoke on that wheel and the wheel is always spinning. So, Uh, Our main book, we were introduced in the beginning of the book with uh, that we're reading about the third age, Uh, the age from the prologues, that story that Tam tells us and the events that happen with Luce Theron, those take place in what's known as the second age. And then there's also a first all the way through the seventh age, and they keep constantly repeating. So the third age that we are reading about is not the one and only third age, it is this turning of the third age. So this same uh, age of time happens over and over and over, but every time it's a little bit different. Uh, the outcomes not always going to be the same. The people that are involved aren't going to always be the same people. Uh, things that are happening and events can be different drastically. It's just this constant cycle. Uh, every There is no beginning. There is no end. It just repeats uh and so these blurbs at the beginning these quotes are from the fourth age which is the future of the third age but it is also the incredibly distant past of the third age at the same time it's just this trippy little time thing that's going on here and it's just i the second one especially to me really reads like a prophecy of things that are going to happen uh, so, and it came to pass in those days. This person's obviously looking back on it, uh, and he's t- talking about all these things that are happening. And uh, it's just, I just absolutely love it. Uh, it, it just, there's so many little pieces in here, and I can't get into those right now. Uh, but there's so much foreshadowing in just these two little paragraphs that it just makes me giddy when I read it. It just, it's amazing.
0: Uh, are you saying we might have to come back to these in the future?
2: You know what? I think if we get far enough along in the series, we might have to do a whole episode just on these little blurbs that are at the beginning of every book. Okay. Because there is definitely a lot going on in these and some stuff that doesn't get paid off all the way up until book 14. Like there's wow. some, there some crazy in-depth foreshadowing in these things. So,
0: so, so our very last episode that we will ever do.
2: <laughs>
0: Period. that that we're going to come back and we're going to look at all of these quotes throughout the whole series.
2: Yeah. Uh, that'll be the, the finale of the podcast. There right you there. go.
0: Actually, uh, that's 50 not years bad from idea. Now.
1: <laughs> 50 years from now, we come back. Uh,
0: all right. Well, I'm particularly interested in the, the stories that they talk about when they're talking to Tom, the gleeman. Um, there's just so many interesting sounding and now I can't find them in my book. Um, but Stephen, you know, you know about them.
2: So yes, uh, there are several interesting stories. Um, Tom goes on to tell of, of various different things. And so this is something that's really cool. And uh, Michelle, this is a little bit of a spoiler for you, but not, like, in the sense of the book. This is meta-knowledge. Mm, uh, so okay. Is,
1: this is I'll allow it.
2: <laughs> you would not know this from ever really reading the book. This is only stuff you'd know if you went and researched it. Okay. Um, so, these stories are from ages past. Um, some of them are from more recent past, like within the Third Age, but a lot of them are referencing things that happened either in the Second or the first age. Uh, so this is really cool. And I think Michelle, you'll get a kick out of this. So the first age. So obviously Michelle, we have the second age being what we read in the prologue, right? Yep. Okay. So what do you think the first age was? Hmm.
1: I think the first age is what, uh, is what Rand's father was discussing.
2: Okay, hmm. so what Rand's dad was discussing is actually part of the second age.
1: Oh, oops, sorry. What ah. no. <laughs> D- Was
0: was that the second age? I thought that was the first age. I had always o- operated under the impression that Dragonmount was the end of the first age.
2: No, uh, Dragon wow. Mount is the end of the second age. Okay. Uh, Dragon, yeah, that's the end of the second age that leads right into the third age. Okay. So the third age, it's just the period of time we're in now is roughly set... About 3,500 years after Sheesh. the events of Dragon Mount. Okay. So we're 3,000 some odd years into the third age when we pick up in chapter one. All of the stuff that's talked about in the prologue, whether it be Tam's story or the original prologue of Dragon Mount, that is the very last minutes of the second age.
1: How did you catch that?
2: It, lots of reading.
1: Okay. I'm like, like, I need to see the clues. Like, how did you know that this was the second age?
2: uh, So
1: like, I know that we're in the third age now based off the quotes in the beginning of chapter one, like right before chapter one. But I wouldn't know that what we read in the prologues was the second age.
2: So it's called the second age. And that's a big thing, too. It's we're told that the, the age that we are reading about is called the third age by some. Uh, by the, some, okay. The second age is what will be known as the age of legends, um, and so uh, it is basically. We know it's the second age at where y'all are at in the book right now, Michelle, because okay. we know that it was the end of the age that started the third age. So by by process of logical elimination, it has to have been the second age because okay. that's what start. It's what kicks off the third age. Okay. So, um, but so there was an age. So that leaves us with another age before the second age and for more after the third age. So what do you think was in the first age? I'm not sh- this, this feels like a, it's maybe, like a pop quiz.
1: I'm trying, to, I'm trying to figure out when we actually passed or discussed the first <laughs> age. <laughs> I'm like, where did I miss this? Justin, what are your thoughts? Oh, I guess you well, already know,
0: don't you? I, well, actually, no. You just completely threw my understanding of some of this <laughs> all upside down. I for I don't know how long I have operated thinking that the Age of Legends was the first age. I guess I was thinking of it uh, along the lines of the way Tolkien sets up his world, right? Because in in The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, we are in the third age of Middle Earth, and you know, we have the the Silmarillion, which covers the first age, and that is an age of, you know, uh, magnificent things going on among the elves and, you know, Melkor and, you know, dragons that, you know, make uh, Smaug look like a tiny little lizard. And, you know, we don't know a whole lot about the second age in that world. And for some reason, I had always kind of operated under the same pattern for this story.
2: You fell into the Rotor trap. I guess so. <laughs> uh so yeah oh ooh, I,
1: I found it i think i know where it is what the what okay. the age before the age of legends is okay i, I feel like i found it I'm, I'm here it's at the tip of my tongue it's when uh because tom is the they're they're asking tom for these different stories and at one point he says these are old stories those those stories are from the uh before the age of legends but yep they don't so... seem significant though when i'm looking at these stories i'm like they're not even they don't even seem Because Egwene is saying, like, oh, tell us about Len, how he flew over the moon and the belly of an eagle made a fire. Selah walking among the stars. That that seems completely different and off from everything else we've been reading.
2: So I'm about to explain these stories to you. And when I do, I think you'll understand their significance. Okay, Uh, But you are right. What Tom says is old stories, those uh, stories from the age before the age of legends. So the Age of Legends is the second age. Uh, The stories that Egwene asks about are stories from the age before the Age of Legends. So the first age. So she asks for the story about Lynn. Tell us how he flew to the moon in the belly of an eagle made of fire. Uh, Lynn is John Glenn.
0: Are are, are you serious right now?
2: I am totally 100% serious. John Glenn, he flew to the moon on a Saturn V rocket. The capsule, uh, uh, sorry, John Glenn I didn't said, go to the moon. I, said, I don't think John Glenn now, went to the moon. But. John, John Glenn was one of the first men in space. Yeah. Uh, and he, f- you know, they flew to the moon in a basically an eagle made of fire. So, uh,
0: are, excuse me? Are, are, are you saying these are stories from our own time?
2: I am. No, no. So, uh, Glenn is the story of John Glenn. Uh, and then she mentions, uh, she wanted, uh, tell us about Lynn or tell us about his daughter, Sally, walking amongst the stars. That is a reference to Sally Ride, the first Uh, female astronaut in space. Yep.
0: You know what? Now that, now that I look at it, um, you, know, oh, you, tell me, so
1: crazy. you tell me
0: that. And, and what's crazy is this. I mean, this is exactly what happens with with history. It gets to the point because because she's talking about well, well, Lynn you're telling me is John Glenn yep. who flew to the moon in the belly of an eagle. Well, he didn't actually go to the moon. Right. That was a little bit later on. But I can see, you know, after thousands of years, how. Yeah. Those stories would get compounded, right? It, and it's you a would, game
1: of telephone. The, you, it really you, is. Would, and, yeah. and
0: now that I, I think about it, and, I, and I'd always thought this about um, about the, the, the character of Arthur Hawkwing, and it, it, he's even named the tales of Arthur Pendrag Tanrial and of course uh, Arthur Pendragon, King Arthur. I always thought that was just like a clever you know, something that was put in something that we'd had kind to of have some familiarity with, so we would have an idea what that character was supposed to be, but I never imagined now, that it was actually
2: now uh, I will say uh I will stop you there. So uh Arthur Pendrag Tanriel, Arthur Hawkwing, uh he is actually a character from the third age. Oh okay. Yeah, he is not a tale, so there's a mix of tales here. Some of them are from the third age, some from the second, and some from the first.
0: Okay, so, so uh, my, my estimation your of that original, was right then, yes, it okay. is just
2: a fun play on words. There, okay. he wanted people to think of King Arthur, but that one is actually just uh, okay. That is an actual character in the third age,
0: but um, does he have a parallel in the first age?
2: He very well could, <laughs> uh, maybe
0: has the maybe has a, has a similar name.
2: So just a, a couple more other
1: uh, little I'm still uh, I'm still edits. tripping out about this right now. This is <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> like right. what?
2: So uh we have The Thousand Tales of Anla the wise can- counselor. Uh, that is Ann Landers. One of the most prolific uh newspaper newspaper columnists. She wrote a, a a advice column for almost 50 years. Yeah. Uh, and that's who that's referring what? to. Uh, let's see. Where's the other? There's a couple more here. Are these theories? Um, they are theories backed up by interviews with the author. Okay. So okay. On the, the next page, um, I, I have all stories. I will tell all stories. Tales of Mosque, the giant with his lance of fire that could reach around the world and his wars with Elspeth, the queen of all. Tales of Matarice the Healer, Mother of the Wondrous End. So Matarice the Healer, Mother of the Wondrous End. Justin, Michelle, do you want to have a guess at who that is? Uh, uh, Mother Teresa? It. Yep. Wow.
1: Oh my gosh.
2: And uh, Tales of Mosque the Giant and His Lance of Fire is a reference to uh, Russia and the, their, the nuclear arms race.
1: So this is like, uh, and I can't even say that we are the first age because like you said, every single age is kind of a repeat of the the age beforehand. It's just different characters, right? Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. So, and Tom actually gives a really good explanation of it right here. Uh, stories from the ages before the age of wedges, some say, perhaps even older. I have all stories, mind you, of ages that were and will be ages when men ruled the heavens and the stars Ages when man roamed as brother to the animals. Ages of wonder and ages of horror. Ages ended by fire raining from the skies. And ages doomed by snow and ice covering land and sea.
1: Wow, so this is just the history of the world. Yep. Because we even had a period of, uh, like, wow. It's just the history of the world. That's it. Yep.
2: But the first age is based off of our current history. Um, It doesn't mean that the first age that is directly behind the third age we're reading about was us, but it is uh, based off of our time period.
1: I mean, you said regardless uh, that it's like thousands and thousands of years regardless. So, yeah, I mean, we're just like a pin drop in it, aren't we? We don't
2: have any exact time frame for how long the second age lasts, um, but it it is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 10,000 years. So this is at least... Roughly thirteen thousand years after our time, so yeah, that's just. And this uh, is so true
1: too, right? Because if everything ends and we have to start over, we do kind of go backwards a bit, don't we?
2: Yep, especially because Robert Jordan has said uh, the first age ended. That that little comment about how some ages ended with fire raining from the skies. Yeah. Basically, that's how the first age ended so and uh, wow. the theory the prominent theory is that the first age ended in nuclear war because you take into account that when Robert Jordan was writing his first books it was basically in the 80s so the Cold yeah. War was still okay. there, a thing uh, and so the, the theory is that the first age ended in basically nuclear winter and that led us into the second age
1: oh this is so weird it's so wow. trippy yeah I like oh man <laughs> the story of yeah. len <laughs> like that that <laughs> one really threw me off <laughs> yeah yep. and
0: and you know i um i had i had to see this for myself i went to uh a wheel of time wiki and searched the, <laughs> and searched the first age and sure enough here here are those same references not that i doubted you but i just had to see it for myself <laughs> is, it, uh, is
1: it a spoiler if i went in there and read the read the first Age?
0: um there might be some spoilers. I, if you went to that page, I would just read the section titled Legends. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't read it. I have else. to
1: read this too. This is, that's something I would naturally do. Yeah. So okay, if, you, if, you, if, you go,
0: if you go there, uh, wot.fandom.com and search the first age, that page will come up and scroll down to the page part that, that's subheaded Legends. And all of these things oh, are man. right there.
1: Yeah. Oh, this is so. That's oh, crazy. <laughs> uh, yeah. the giant. Oh my goodness.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh,
1: and Queen Elizabeth. Elizabeth I, I yeah. did. I did think about that one. Yeah. Elizabeth. Yeah, that's,
0: yep. But you know, at the same time, the uh, you know maybe it changes the way you you read these books a little bit, but oh yeah. At the same time, you know, this is thousands of years removed from our, you know, if it, you know, if this being the case, this is thousands of years uh, in the future, I guess.
2: Or the past. So it's, I or, like, or the, the past. past. <laughs> so, but
0: I mean, it's a, it's, a comple- it's a completely different world still. Yeah. Right. So it, you know. it
2: is, it just adds that intriguing extra layer of flavor.
0: Yeah. I love it. Uh, I love it. I'm a fan. So,
1: I <laughs> yeah. know. So, All
0: right. And it
2: makes it distinctly different from a lot of other fantasy worlds in that it's us. Like, it's yeah. our world.
0: Wow.
1: Oh, okay. man, that's so trippy. Like, this is how people are going to view us years from now. Because when you yeah. start over, you only have that one person that knows everything. And then when they're gone, we just turn into a myth.
2: Yep. Mm. It's all right. Oh,
1: that's OK. All
2: right.
0: All right. Steven. Yes. I have to know about the relationship between the Trollocs and the Mergerall. Because and this is something, you know, I, I've read these books before but this is something that I never really picked up on the past and it stood out to me reading this time. It seems to be suggested that there's a genetic kinship of some kind between them. What is going on with these, these monsters?
2: Okay. Um, so there's a couple things we have to go through to get to that question. Uh, so before we can talk about how the merge all are connected, I think we need to understand exactly how the Trollocs came to be to begin with. Okay. Um, And so this is something that comes from other resources and things were written by Robert Jordan. It is things that are touched upon slightly in the books at some points, but nothing spoilery. Um, So Michelle and our readers, y'all should be fine with this. Um, So the Trollocs, are not a natural thing uh they are a creature that was created using uh dark powers to splice think of it like genetic engineering uh using Uh magic so humans were taken and used in horrible horrible experiments where they were twisted and morphed with animals to create this race of Trollocs. Uh, now once they were created, they were able to reproduce amongst themselves. Um, so that's not like every time a Trolloc is made, a human has to be sacrificed, but to initially begin this race of evil creatures, human people were twisted. Their souls were corrupted and torn and, uh, experimented on uh by pe- by someone to create these trollocs and uh what you ended up with was this berserker beast uh, with a wow. blood a bloodlust uh that enjoys it's just reeks of evil um so and so that's go ahead. so what,
0: what you're telling me is not only do they have a connection to the murdral they also have a genetic connection to our main characters
2: Yes. Because they were
0: once at least the original Trollocs were once human beings. Correct. Oh boy.
2: So yeah. Yeah. Trollocs stem from humans and animals being basically smashed together using the power in ways that we can't even comprehend.
1: Do we Uh, know how the humans were were chosen?
2: uh, Basically they were just taken. Captives, prisoners, anybody they could get a hold of. Um,
0: and 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 to your point i don't know if i want to comprehend how we yeah, were smashed you, together you really
2: <laughs> don't you really really don't um i know a little bit about that and you you, you really don't want to know uh, i think
1: uh,
2: i want to know <laughs> <laughs> just it it's horrible um think of you know the worst violations possible oh on no a, on a level of your soul not physically but like the the thing is like doing this to those humans the original humans it was something that like altered their soul so like trollics have souls okay so those were originally human souls that were twisted and deformed into these trollic beasts um, so it's, it's much more heinous than even like doing something to somebody on a physical level. This is uh-huh. something that goes all the way down to the soul, the very being of a person. Wow. Um, so wow. with understanding that now we can get to the merge all. Uh, merge roll are what you would uh, refer to as, I guess, from the dark side's perspective, a happy accident. Uh, the Trollocs were meant to happen. They were specifically designed and engineered. Yeah. The all, not so much. The Merdral okay. just kind of happened. Um, so what it is, is like I said, Trollocs reproduce. There are female Trollocs, although we haven't seen any yet. Uh, they pretty much, oh, are, okay. they, they are pretty much, they don't fight. They're pretty much just back at the base breeding. That's all they do their entire lives. They're basically breed stock. Um. But uh, when Trollics are born, there is a small chance every time a Trollic is born that it won't be a Trollic. that what will be born is a Merdral. How weird is this? Um, and so basically the way it's seen is when the Merdral is born. Like So every time a Trollic is born, it's that mix of human and animal. Um, a Merdral is born where the genetics of the human are, are a little stronger but also it seems it's not just the human part that's stronger. It's also the dark one's taint is also stronger. Hmm. So they are these creatures that are basically unintended throwbacks, basically to humanity in the Trollocs, but they also are closer to the dark one than the Trollocs. And so because of that, they have a lot of, they are more intelligent they have uh, powers that Trollocs do not have that people that wield the power do not have they are these yeah. creatures that are uh twisted uh, in such horrible ways and they they come forth out of the Trollocs. so literally anytime a Trolloc is born it might become a it might be born as a fade Ugh. like you don't know so there are. Numerous amounts of fades, but they're never going to be as many as the Trollocs. Right. So think of the Trollocs as like the foot soldiers, and the Merdral is like their lieutenants. Wow!
1: And they're like a, a new species, basically. I guess they're kind of living their lives. Some are, are yeah. at the basin and some are, you know, out yeah. marching for war. And
2: and Merdral do not reproduce. Well, that's uh, a okay, good so, thing. so
1: they're like they're like donkeys. <laughs> yeah. Uh say so or at mules least we, or is it, it mule or?
0: I think it's mules, but at least we can take comfort in that. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'm kind of, I'm kind of sorry that I asked because I, I think that's more than I wanted to know, but um, I was curious and sometimes curiosity gets the best of us, right?
1: <laughs> that's true. Um,
0: well, appreciate it, Stephen. It, Thank you for. It, uh, curiosity did not kill the that.
1: cat. It killed the peddler. <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> th- thanks for shedding some light on that for us. Okay. Stephen uh, in chapter 13 i think we are kind of introduced to the old tongue for I, I think this is the first time that the old tongue has been mentioned when we get uh the names of lan and moraine's horses lan's stallion named mandarb which means blade in the old tongue and then moraine's mayor Aldib, which means west wind in the old tongue and it, it made me wonder. Um, I'm a long time been a huge fan of Tolkien and know that some of his languages were based or, or had inspiration from real world sources. For example, I believe the the, the Quenya language, the, the, the high language of the elves was uh, uh, inspired by Finnish and maybe a little bit of Uh, anglo-saxon or maybe that's the sindarin the the other elven language based on i know there was some basis in Welsh, or uh, perhaps some anglo-saxon there as well but are there any real world origins for the old tongue in the wheel of time
2: okay so the old tongue is interesting uh it is not it's not as uh, detailed as, say, Lord of the Rings, like Tolkien's languages. Uh, Tolkien was a linguist, whereas Robert Jordan wanted to have that feel. Um, he, and he did go into creating certain words and phrases, but there's not a full fleshed out language like in the back of the book or anything you're going to find. Um, as far as their origin... Uh, Robert Jordan is said to have used, um, a couple of different real world languages in forming this. Uh, he, he took things from Turkish, Arabic, Russian, Chinese, Japanese, and, uh, a little bit of Gaelic. Um, so. so, so he kind it's, of
0: It's just kind of a melting pot.
2: It is. Oh, Japanese
0: okay. in there too. Okay. Yeah.
2: It is a melting pot of very different, uh, different words different types of grammar and syntax it's kind of a blending which it makes sense because if you think of the world that he's creating it is this cyclical world and so if you think remember back to our discussion of the first age being based off of our world sure so the old tongue which is spoken primarily in the age of legends and then shortly after it would have been a language that naturally flowed from the languages that we currently speak in this world um, so it okay. makes sense. That old tongue is kind of like, think of it like this, all the languages we have right now. If you toss us another 10,000 years in the future, m- if the world is still united, we're all going to, f- that language is, is eventually going to form into one language. Hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. And so that is the idea of the old tongue. It is the unified language that okay. was spoken in this like utopian age of legends. Um, so it has influence from all of our languages. From now, uh, it's kind of this melting pot of a language, and it's that not the so same. Wild, yeah, it's gonna, not the same thing that Rand and them are speaking now, right? Um, but it is, it is that callback.
0: I'm going to have to write down all those languages you mentioned and start kind of looking for some of those inspirations uh, whenever yeah. we get old tongue. So I'm excited about that. Well, thank you uh, for shedding some light on that. Um, it's a really interesting, uh, it's interesting thing to to think about uh, how how his language came about. So appreciate it, thank you, Stephen.
1: So I've got to ask, how did Brandon Sanderson get the opportunity to finish up the Wheel of Time series? Like, why him in particular?
2: <laughs> okay, so uh, when Robert Jordan passed, uh, unfortunately. Um, it was a little bit up in the air as to what was going to happen with the series. Um, originally, back in the day, he didn't want anyone to continue the series after him, but he did change his mind before he passed away and decided that he did want to see things finished. But he didn't pick anyone to do it. He left it up to his wife, uh, Harriet McDougall, who is also was his editor. She's one of the oh. primary. She's one of the primary editors for Tor Publishing, which is like the biggest fantasy publisher in the world. Uh, and so it was left up to her who would uh, continue on and finish the series. Um, she considered uh, George R. R. Martin because, oh gosh, well Martin and Jordan were friends and they shared notes and different things like that uh, on their books. But she opted not to go with him because she felt like. He had enough going right now, and that his fans would get upset if people uh, if he took more time to do something else other than his own stuff that they were waiting on.
0: So, well, she was right about that. Oh, my <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, we would have ended would up have with a and we would have ended up with a very, very different uh, wheel of time. I think if that was if he had done it,
0: but and we w- we would probably still be waiting on the last book.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
2: Uh, so. <laughs> Brandon Sanderson at the time was a a fantasy author. He was also worked for Tor Publishing. They were his publisher as well. Um, different active publishers overseeing him and things. But, uh, after Robert passed, Brandon went on to his blog and wrote a eulogy for Robert Jordan because Brandon Aww. was a huge fan of the series growing up, loved the books, still is a huge fan in my opinion. But, uh, one of Harriet's friends when they were at the funeral saw uh, the eulogy and had printed off like a bunch of stuff that different people on the internet had said about Robert to give to Harriet. And one of those was his eulogy. And so she read it, uh, realized who he was um, and then got the balls rolling uh, with the publishing end of things and got in touch with his manager and then gave him a call. And, Brandon, uh, most of what this information comes from Brandon himself on his YouTube channel. He re- relates this story. But basically, he missed the call the first time and had to call her back. And then there was a, a bit of back and forth uh, before she eventually offered him the position to finish out the series. Um, and he said, you know, he had some back and forth on whether or not he would or wouldn't do it. But at the end, he decided that if anybody was going to do it, he wanted it to be him because he was a fan and he was an author. And he was afraid if anybody else did it, they would get somebody who was either just a fan and wasn't a good author or was a great author but wasn't a fan. And so he, he decided he would take on that challenge and he did decide to finish it. So that's how we ended up with Brandon Sanderson.
0: Yeah. Do you know if if that eulogy is still available somewhere? It is highly
2: that- likely. Um, okay. If you, check... I would
0: love. Yeah, I would love to be able to find that because a, I want to read it, but I think it'd be great to share that with our listeners too.
2: Yeah, no, I'm I'm sure it's probably still out there somewhere on his blog or on many different fan sites. I'm sure it's been copied over and
1: maybe even and hosted other places. Yeah,
2: it, oh, I'm sure it's on Reddit somewhere. Well, <laughs> I'll look. I'll look it up. Yeah. Wow, so, what a letter, yeah.
1: though, right?
2: Yeah. So it's uh It's really. Uh, we were really lucky as fans uh, to get Brandon to finish the series I think he did an outstanding job you'll have to give your opinions when you get there eventually eventually but uh, I think uh, of all the authors I've read in fantasy currently working he is would have been my number one pick to finish the series and I think he did a great job
1: and he's a real author <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like he, oh, yeah. he writes. <laughs> he actually he actually writes <laughs> writes books.
2: Yeah, and the man is – he's a machine when it comes to writing. He's on his way. If he keeps going like he's going, he's going to outpace Stephen King pretty soon.
1: (laughs) Oh, yes, another real author. Uh, Yeah, yeah, he's like the – I guess it's like Stephen King is the Brandon Sanderson of like that world, and Brandon Sanderson is the Stephen King of this world, so. So, yeah. On to question number two. Yes. I need to know the relationship the relationship between Trollocs and Ogres. Um because Ogier. I notice Ogier's because I noticed that whenever uh individuals see Ogiers, they they kind of get shocked and scream Trolloc. So there has to be some kind of relationship, right?
2: No. Uh Ogier are one thing, Trollocs are another. Trollocs are creations of Twisted genetic engineering and magic, uh, the one power, whereas Ogier are uh, just a different race. They're a legitimate person. They're not a creation or a an experiment gone wrong. They are just uh, just another race. Like in some fantasy series, you have dwarves and elves. The Ogier are like that. Whereas Trollocs are these corrupted... Scientifically, magically made monsters—they uh, have no genetic relation, no no relation at all, honestly. Other than the size, that's about the and the fact that Ogier looks somewhat bestial. Is that it? is that
1: what the similarity is? Yeah, is that what's size, causing the mix-up?
2: The size, like, and you have to understand—it's a big size difference. Like, the normal average human in this world is going to be like. At tallest, 6'5", 6'6", and you've got Oil is 10 feet tall, (laughs) (laughs) and, you know, Trollocs are anywhere from 7 to 9 to 10 feet tall, so the only things that are that tall (laughs) are Trollocs and ogre, and Ogier don't look like just average humans, they have more uh, beast-like features. I think they're a little more on the feline side, but they do have that, and People haven't these people, especially the people of Camelin, where we're seeing loyal here, they haven't seen Trollocs. They they might realize that Trollocs are a real thing because the Borderlanders fight them, but they haven't seen them. They just know that they're like beast men. And so an Ogier to them is going to look like a beast man. But they are very different. Uh Ogier are incredibly smart, uh, very cautious. Um it's very very different once you actually get into like the character of them they're incredibly different it's just that people don't know it's just uh, the, the common people just they don't see Ogier enough to their, for them to be commonplace and they only have rumors and whispers of what Trollocs even look like uh, so it's not so Cameland is one thing if you go to other cities in the world it, you're not going to get that same reaction for Ogier in other places like there are other like if he goes to Tarvalin, he's probably going to get everybody there is going to know. Oh, it's an ogre, you know. If he gets, and if he was in the richer parts, the nobles and things like that in Caimlin, they would know who he was right away because Camelin was oh. built by ogre. It's just the common everyday people don't have interactions with his people on a, on the regular. You might okay. see an og they ogre live for a long time, travel very slowly. So unless they're there to fix some stonework, you might not you might have two whole generations of people go by and never see an Ogier. So that's why there's been confusion. Because the only thing in their minds that when they see something that huge and somewhat beast like is they think of the stories of Trollocs.
1: And it's not a Ogier's aren't some kind of myth either. Like in, in- even in common people's minds, like they realize, oh, this is an ogre. It's not like, oh my gosh, the stories are true. It's just like, oh yeah, yeah, an ogre. For
2: most places, some places they are myths, like the two rivers. Like okay, they were they were stories there, but it, the normal people of Camelin, these are cosmopolitan people. It's just that's not that they don't know that ogres are real. It's just that they've never seen one. Uh, you know, their grandfather probably saw one once and told them about it, and that's about like. They are not a common occurrence. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Thanks for clearing that up,
1: Stephen.
0: Listeners, thanks for joining us for this very special uh, Q&A episode of The Wind Was a Beginning. We are already making preparations for the next Q&A episode, so I hope you'll be looking forward to that. And you can even get in on the fun as well. We would love it if you would ask us a question. Uh, you can do that through our social media channels, Twitter, at Wind Beginning, Instagram, The Wind Was a Beginning, Facebook and YouTube, The Wind Was a Beginning, a Wheel of Time podcast. You can email us at TheWindWasABeginning at gmail.com. Uh, In the meantime, we would love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and get new episodes delivered to your podcast feed every Tuesday when they're released. Uh, If you could also take some time and leave us a rating and a review, this would help us out uh, a great deal and we would be greatly appreciative of it. Next week, we will begin Season 2. We're going to start reading the second book of the series, The Great Hunt, and we will be discussing the prologue, and chapters one and two of that book. So we hope you'll come back next Tuesday and join in on that discussion with us and uh, we hope to see you then. Have a great week, everybody.